Hey, welcome back to the show. A welcome. If this is your first time listening, this is Monique and this is the Brown Vegan Podcast. And I love to talk about vegan life, overall wellness and entrepreneurship on this show. I hope you're having an amazing day. I have another conversation for you. I have Les from Balanced Black Girl on the show. With her podcast, she offers approachable health, self-care, personal development, and well-being advice from Black women wellness experts. She has over 3 million downloads. And in this conversation, we talk about not only her podcast as far as behind the scenes of building the show and what her plans are going forward. We, we also spend time talking about how she's able to balance having a full-time job as well as running a successful brand, what that looks like for her, how she plans to move things going forward in her life. This is a great conversation. As always, guys, you can find the show notes and everything we mentioned at brownvegan.com under episode 186. And I'm excited again to tell you that I'm working with Zencaster for this episode as well. I'll tell you more about them later and how you can save 30% off of your first three months of using their amazing software. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about balanced life and wellness so I really just want to know how you're doing. The last few years of life has been, it depends on who you speak to. It's been eye-opening. It's been traumatic. It's been a lot of different things. So how has the last overall couple of years felt to you? Yeah, goodness. I feel like the last couple of years have just been a period of immense growth immense, immense growth. I think a lot of what has transpired over the past two years for me has been really stripping myself of distractions, the distractions that I used to use as coping mechanisms and learning how to truly sit with myself and accept myself and be really grounded and centered in where I am. Was it scary though? Because I think that for me, it was when I was forced to really look at my life it made me feel worse for a little bit. And then I started to actually get some help. So did it, how did that make you feel initially? What was interesting is right before the pandemic started, I was in a lot of transition. So I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. That's where I was raised. And then right before my 30th birthday, I was like, I'm moving. I'm over Seattle. I'm leaving. And so I moved to California about six months before the pandemic started. And so mm. I think I was in a position of trying to adjust to what my new normal was before <laughs> before we all had a new normal and <laughs> right. trying to understand who am I when I'm not in my kind of safe environment? Who am I in this brand new space where I can kind of be whoever I want to be? And I had to really evaluate what that looked like for me. So I actually think in some ways it was a bit of a blessing to be in a brand new environment because I was already adjusting. Everything was new. Everything was different. I'd already kind of pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. And so I, I, at that point, I was just kind of used to being outside of it. Mm -hmm. You had, yeah. I mean, the timing was amazing for you. <laughs> It was. It wasn't super amazing for like getting acclimated to my new city because <laughs> I there was a period of time where I couldn't I couldn't do anything. I couldn't leave the house. But as far as as being outside of my comfort zone, I, it was it was helpful for that because I was already there. Right, right. So I feel like I initially came across you, man. It's probably been about 
I would say four years. Does that sound? No, nah, that sounds about right. About four years ago. And I think it was your podcast, the first thing that I came across. And I was just like taken aback and so excited, not taken aback in a bad way, but so excited because I really didn't see a lot of wellness podcasts that was geared to black, to black women. Cause most of the stuff I would see, I didn't feel like it necessarily related to me. Is that why you started your podcast? Because you're probably feeling the same way in the wellness space, not really seeing enough of us talking about our, our wellness and what we wanted out of life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love wellness and had been listening to wellness podcasts for years where I'd listened to things that were very much about science and, you know, biohacking and just all of these different things of really questioning why we do the things we do and why we live the way we live just from a societal standpoint. But I realized that a lot of those perspectives were very male and very white. And I was like, well, I want to talk about science and stuff with black women. And I know that there are black women who know far more than I do about that stuff because I don't know a lot about it. I've learned a lot just from my own podcast and from the interviews I've conducted. But I was like, I want to learn from black women experts who can make this applicable for us. And that was a big driving force behind me starting Balanced Black Girl. Yeah. So what does wellness look like for you? Because a lot of times people on the surface, they see it as, you know, reading a book maybe or relaxing in the bathtub, but it's so, so much deeper than that. So what does being balanced and just wellness mean to you? Yeah. I think wellness is a constant dance. And I think a lot of how we're conditioned is to look at you know, a certain routine or look at either doing things, you know, there's a right way or there's a wrong way. There's a way to be well and there's unwell. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I actually think that wellness is a constant dance. I think that it's constant nuance. And what made me feel well four years ago when I started this is so different than now. And a big part of wellness to me is checking in with myself, understanding what's going on with my mind body, soul, heart, and being able to give myself what I need and understanding that that changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. It's calling it a dance because that's exactly what it feels like. It, it changes yeah. so much for sure. Mm-hmm. So, cause look, I, I know that you work full time and you have this top rated podcast. And so how are you balancing this for yourself? Is there even a such thing as balance for you? Or like you said, is it just kind of like the wellness when it's just like a dance and it's always evolving? Like, Dad. what does that look like at this moment for you? Because you have a lot of moving parts. Because I really want to go behind the scenes of your show for sure. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> I know people get so surprised when they learn that I have a job and I'm like, how is that surprising? Do y'all see inflation? Do y'all see how much everything (laughs) costs? Like, you know, I think maybe people who are on the outside of the content creation space maybe assume that everybody who creates content is just rolling in money and that's not the case. I actually saw a statistic that said something like, only 12% of content creators make, I think, like $55,000 a year or more. Yeah. So people who make content, even if it looks like it's doing numbers or looks a certain way on the outside, the monetization of that 
often looks very, very different. So yeah, for me, all that to say, working full-time has been necessary for me for my financial wellness and security, which is also a very important part of wellness for me. But I mean, honestly, for me, I don't really know anything different. I've always had multiple jobs. I've always juggled a lot of things. And I think sometimes when we talk about balance, people think that balance means all things in equilibrium. It means that you feel amazing at work all the time and you feel amazing at home all the time and you just have everything covered. I don't think that's what it means. I think for me, balance means knowing what to give my attention to and when. So how I've been able to balance building a platform and working full time is being very deliberate with my schedule. So I have certain times of day, usually before work and after work that are my focus time where I'll be heads down, balanced black girl time. It's blocked off on my calendar. I have specific tasks that I'm focused on. I get those done before I do anything else. And then when I'm you know, from my nine to five doing that work during the day. I am very much focused on that work and it's as if Balanced Black Girl does not exist. And I kind of compartmentalize, but it's actually been very, very helpful for me in not feeling too overwhelmed. Yeah, I love this. I love this. So when is Instagram being a part of that? Because I feel like you're also active on there. So Is that a part of the balanced black girl when you make tasks for that? Or is that something that you do on weekends? Do you batch your content? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say in the past, Instagram was a much bigger priority for me than it is right now. Instagram is one of those things where... Instagram just kind of gets what it gets when it gets it and it's okay. not something that I prioritize. <laughs> <laughs> From a business standpoint, my biggest priorities are definitely my podcast, my website and blog and generating traffic to my blog and my email list. And then from a social media standpoint, I've probably actually been giving more attention to Pinterest these days because it's a mm-hmm. great traffic generator and it drives attention to my podcast. And so things that are on Instagram are actually usually pieces of content that I've created for somewhere else that I repurpose for Instagram. And kind of the only time I'm creating unique content for Instagram is if I'm working with a brand and have either some sponsored content for more of my kind of influencer side of things, or if it's something to promote the podcast. But the way Instagram is set up, the way that algorithm is set up, the way engagement set up, I don't think it's worth my time to stress over creating a ton of unique content for it. That is the theme for everyone that I'm speaking to. It's always about I'm repurposing, but it's never, unless a sponsor, like you just said, it's never intentionally making content for Instagram. And it's just, it's kind of sad that we've gotten to that point because I remember in the early days, Instagram was so much fun. Mm -hmm. It really was. And now it's just kind of like, is it really worth my effort? Especially when you work full time. It's like, I don't have time (laughs) to chase, chase the likes or chase the engagement on here. So. To kind of go back to what you were saying about the 12% of influencers or just content creators in general making $50,000, I think that the issue is a lot of us aren't really having conversations about the fact that we work. You know, Mm -hmm. we're just putting out, you know, what people want to see and that's it. But I think that that would be, I think it would be really beneficial for people if they realize that most of us do work. (laughs) We most most of us have no choice. And for me, the reason why I got, I started working part-time is because I really wanted to build my team and I was burning, burning both ends of the can. What is it? Burning both ends of the candle or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was so, so burnt out. And I was like, I had the only way that I'm going to be able to start to build my team in 2022, which was a huge goal for me is by 
working at least part-time so that I can pay <laughs> pay people to help me. That's the only yeah. way this is going to be an investment of my time and make this worthwhile in the coming years. Have you had that same thing experience as far as making sure that you kind of have? I know you have, you call yourself a small and mighty team, right? Of help. So <laughs> yeah. what has that been like as far as getting people to help you in some aspects of your business as you work full time? Yeah, that's a great question. Also, congratulations to you on building your team this year. That's huge. That's yes, absolutely thank you. Huge. Absolutely. Oh, I'm tired though, Les. I'm tired, girl. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm telling myself that every morning when I wake up, I'm like, it's so worth it. Come on, you got to keep going. So yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I've learned a lot about hiring people and I have had different team members over the years at Balance Black Girl and I've learned a lot of valuable lessons. And so right now my team is actually very lean. So I, it's, it's essentially me doing probably like 90% of all of it, but that's just because I've, I've had help before and I've learned a lot of very valuable lessons about the kind of help that I needed. Previously, I was just kind of accepting help from anybody. Like someone would slide my DMs and be like, Hey, I want to help you, or I want to be your intern or whatever. And I'd just be like, okay, without truly doing the due diligence of what is it that I need people to do in my business? What are Mm. the skill sets that are actually needed to move the needle? And does this person have that skill set? And so now I'm taking a step back and I have taken on more tasks in my business to truly understand, okay, what are the opportunities of growth here? And I've learned that for me and the way my business is set up, having just a second set of person and a second set of hands isn't necessarily what I need. I actually need people who have skill sets that I don't have. I need people who are better than me at certain things to really move this thing forward. And so I'm kind of going back to the drawing board. I'm pooling together my resources to figure out what do I need to get those people that are super skilled and better at things than me. Because just where I'm at right now from a business standpoint, having like an intern or, you know, just an assistant for more of the admin things isn't isn't what I need. Because I actually don't have a ton of admin work. What I need is like strategy. I need someone to help me really grow this thing and find the business opportunities. And so I'm pretty hopeful about what the future of building my team will look like. But for now, it's it's me. <laughs> I am the team. Wow, you are. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that you were the team. Yeah. Wow. So you're very, very, very intentional about everything that you do then because you have no choice. Yeah, I have no choice. Yeah. There's a lot of emails that I just can't respond to or a lot of inquiries that I just, you know, unfortunately can't can't dedicate the time that my heart would like to to dedicate because I also have to practice what I preach. And if I were to respond to every single thing, that would be sacrificing my own balance. And and I did that for a while. And I, I learned that I just can't do that. You can't do it. Well, I'm thankful that you came on here. Goodness. I'm grateful that you responded to our email. <laughs> Man, I did not realize that. I know that you did tell me before that you were kind of stepping back a little bit to figure things out, but I didn't realize it meant in that way. So you must be the queen of automation. Tell us I about love that. automation. <laughs> so what softwares, what programs, what is helping make things move for you in all aspects of your life, not even just the business part? Yes. So I would say my number one tool is Notion. I absolutely love Notion. I'm like a Notion evangelist. I plan on coming out with some Notion resources for folks because I've learned a lot about the tool and I'm excited to share it. It's just what keeps my life, my business, my finances, my habits, my thoughts, my ideas 
all kind of organized in one place. So I built a lot of custom dashboards for myself in Notion to keep myself super organized. So that's been one big one. Another big one is that I've completely automated my podcast guest booking process. So when I do book guests to come on my podcast, that is an entirely automated process. So when we send them a link to you know schedule their interview time, that's where I'm collecting their headshot. That's where I'm collecting their bio. That's where, you know, we're solidifying everything so that I don't then have to go back and forth of, hey, can you send me your bio? Hey, can you send me your headshot? Hey, can I get this? Hey, can I get that? It's like I have all of that information up front so that we can just move forward. So that has probably been one of the most helpful automations. Mm, What software are you using for that? I use Acuity for that. Acu- I love Acuity. Yeah. Okay. So I need to I need to make that a priority as well because like I'm thinking about how this week's guest, I don't even know if I have the headshot. <laughs> so I, I need to make that something. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. I love that. Acuity does make it easy. You just send over the calendar, they schedule a date and time, no back and forth. And like you said, you're getting all everything that you need ahead of time. Yeah. So when it comes to your actual workflow, are you recording several episodes in one day? Because I know you still have your nine to five. What's your typical day as far as recording and, and editing? Like, what does all of that look like for you? Yes. So I do tend to do a bit of batching. I, I'm not able to do a bunch of recording in one day because my schedule doesn't really allow that unless I were to record on the weekends, which back when I first started, I used to do a lot of, but now my weekends are just really, really sacred. And so I have kind of reclaimed them from yeah, that. You should. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You, and, it, and also you're more creative when you give yourself that free space, that time. Yes. You're, you, it, you come back more creative and have renewed energy. So yeah, I absolutely understand that. Yes. So now, at least for the podcast, how it works is I'm currently producing episodes in batches of six. So I have what are called episode series. We'll have a central theme or topic, and I'll have six episodes that kind of examine that topic from various perspectives. And six is kind of the rough number. Sometimes we may have a little bit more, sometimes we may have a little bit less, but that's usually what we strive for. So when I'm planning episodes, I'm planning six episodes at a time. I'm planning what those topics are. I'm planning out the talk points. I'm thinking of who I want my ideal guests to be. And I am usually recording those six episodes within like a one week span. So I won't necessarily have like a day that's loaded with interviews, but I'll have about seven, about a seven day span where I'm doing a bunch of interviews at once. And so that's been really helpful for me being able to control when that is and control when I'm available and really making sure that my calendar is available during those times where I have kind of high energy, where I can be really engaged in the conversation and then we batch release the episodes from there. So I'm hopping in to thank Zencaster for sponsoring this episode of the show. They're an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you quality studio audio and video without the technical know-how. This is a full circle moment because over a year ago, when I started working with my podcast editor, Daniel, he suggested that we switch over to Zencaster for stellar quality. And I'm so glad he did because it is so easy to use and super, super consistent. So if you don't know, none of my guests are in studio with me when I record my show 
show. So we have to do everything remotely. And to ensure that the quality is good, all I do is send them a link to Zencaster. They don't have anything to download. They come in and we record. Podcasting already has like a million moving parts. So knowing that I'll always be able to record and not have any issues with the quality of the show is just one less thing to worry about. I always tell you guys to start a podcast. So if you are ready to do that, make sure that you go over to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use the promo code BROWNVEGAN to save 30% off of your first three months. Once again, that is Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com slash pricing discount code brown vegan as one word i'll make sure that i link it to the show notes for this episode for you guys as well so it's easy for you to click through do you take a break after the six episodes is it like a couple of weeks that you don't put anything out or do you go right into the new theme We usually go right into the new theme, although I'm very excited because I will be taking a break this summer. I'm calling it my podcast summer vacation. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And so July, early July through early September, I will not be releasing any new episodes. I am going to re-release some older episodes that I think are really great that I I think the audience would would love to listen to, but I am taking a break then. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I see a lot of shows do that. They'll take a break and then they'll go ahead and put out the episodes that they feel did well or that people need to hear or a new audience needs to hear kind of thing. So what's that? Do you typically just take the uh, the original re- episode and record a new introduction? Like how do you, and then you kind of batch that? Like what does that look like for you? Yeah, exactly. And so I am very intentional about everything. So even the episodes that I choose to re-release are often really intentional. So they'll often relate to either the series that just ended or will kind of gear the audience up for the series that's upcoming. I'm planning some content shifts for later this year, just in terms of focus and topics and introducing some new topics. And so the podcast Summer Vacation is going to kind of marry the series that will have ended right before and the series that will be upcoming, just some different ways that we've kind of touched those topics on the show already before I introduce these new topics to the audience. And then I will usually take that audio that's already been kind of edited and cleaned, add a new intro and outro, letting people know that it is a re-airing because I do think that communication is really important. And then we'll we'll re-release it. Mm. To me, it doesn't sound like a break though, because I have to work in order to take the break. <laughs> it does. It definitely requires prep. Like I will be doing all of that prep ahead of time, but I won't be doing as much content promoting those episodes and kind of that, you know. That's true. Hustle. So you're not going to probably be on social doing, yeah, or blogging about it or anything like that. It'll just come out. Yeah. 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 I get that. So how, what is your, your thoughts as far as sponsored content? I know that, uh, I think I saw you work with, who did you work with? Pete's Coffee. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I love Pete's Coffee. I thought that was I so dope. Too. And I noticed that, I don't know, maybe, maybe because I don't, maybe I don't see you as much as I used to, but I noticed that you kind of slowed down with the sponsor content. Is that true or not? Or is it that I'm not seeing you because of Instagram? It could be because of Instagram. Yeah. I'd say I'm probably doing about the same amount of, of sponsored content as I've, I've done the past couple of years on my influencer page. I probably have anywhere between maybe two to four sponsored 
you know, partners each month, which has been pretty consistent for me probably since late 2019, I'd say has been pretty, pretty consistent there. Yeah. So that it's, it's been good. It, it, it's, it is hard because it's, that content does tend to not do as well. It's tend to not, it's usually not shown to as many people. And I think that that is a combination of Instagram not wanting to promote content that it knows creators are getting paid for. Of course, because they get nothing out of it. <laughs> exactly. And I also think it is a combination of the audience engaging with those things less because sometimes there is this. I don't know if distrust is the right word, but I do think sometimes there's a little bit of an eye roll of like a uh, sponsored content, you know, from, from the audience as well, because they receive so much of it, which is why I try not to bombard people with it. And I found that balance of maybe two to four, you know, partnerships a month to be a good sweet spot for me. Yeah, I think that's a great number. That's a great number. I actually kind of feel the opposite. I think that people, they're so used to it that I don't even think they care anymore. I think there was a time where there was some, you know, I think distrust would be the right word. There was some time, there was a time of that. But now I think that people, they just don't even really care (laughs) because everybody's doing it. I don't know. Maybe that's just how I see it. But yeah, did you have to tell us, I noticed, and I've said this to you before that, you know, over the last year or so, I noticed that you've been rating very high on Apple Podcasts, which is incredible. And congratulations for that. Like every time I look at the the top charts, you're on there. And it's just like, oh, look at Les. I'm so glad she's on there. That's amazing. Thank you. You have to tell, you're welcome. You have to tell us though, with having a top rated show, did some growing pains come with that? Like, is there anything that feels different these days compared to when you were you know, starting off and just growing your show. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, honestly, a lot of it has probably been from me and some of my own insecurities along the way. You know, when I first started podcasting, I was just so excited. I just, I had this message. I had this idea. I was so excited to get it out there. And when nobody's paying attention to what you're doing, there is this fearlessness that you can have because you kind of feel like you have nothing to lose. I'm like, cool. My mom is the only person who listens to my podcast. I'm probably not going to upset her. So I can just kind of say whatever I want and express myself creatively. And as your audience grows, I do sometimes feel this pressure of like, oh, I'm I'm now representing black women in a way and I don't want to misrepresent them. I don't want to upset them. I don't want to offend them. I don't want to, you know, speak out of turn. I don't want to disappoint people. And the more people that are watching, there is kind of a a higher risk that, that that is going to happen. And so I would say, especially, you know, 2020 and 2021, I really, really struggled with that. And I feel like I showed up a lot less during that time, especially during the first half of 2021. Cause you know, during that period, the podcast really hit its stride and it really started growing exponentially and it freaked me out. I was terrified, mm. <laughs> absolutely terrified. I just didn't trust myself. I didn't trust myself to lead the platform. I didn't trust myself to 
produce a good show at that point. So I leaned very heavily into interviews and leaned very heavily on my guests to almost carry the show. I actually had a lot of people be like, hey, Les, I actually really love your solo episodes. Where are they? How come you don't do that anymore? I want to hear from you. And so in the later half of 2021, I started introducing more solo episodes again because people really expressed that they, they missed that. And that was where I learned to kind of start trusting myself again and realizing that I can't make everybody happy and that it's okay to not make everybody happy, but to know that the work that I do is is done with good intent. It's done with the intent to help and not harm. And, and that's the best that I can do. Wow. This is so relatable because I had the same experience when people were like, why are so many interviews? Like what happened to the solo episodes? And I, I definitely hid behind my guests. Yep. Yeah. So, oh man, this is so relatable. But I also have come to the the will come with to come to terms that I'm not for everyone, mm-hmm. and I will sleep so much better at night. Night just showing up is who I am, and it's okay that some exactly. people don't agree with that. I just I just feel more happy about that. So, man, that's so relatable. So so relatable. So, what does self care? I know you protect your weekends, and you're very intentional about how you spend your time during a week. But what other practices do you have in place? to take care, like rituals as form of self-care. I know you also love to read too, which I think is great self-care. I do love to read. I mean, let me just pull up, speaking of Notion, speaking of me being a nerd, let me just pull up my my habit tracker in my oh, Notion. Gonna, oh, um, no, you have to have it. <laughs> That's I actually do. the first template that I've seen with it. That was actually the first one I saw on YouTube. Somebody like put that up there and that was the first option. But the person had like 12 different things. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to track that daily. <laughs> I, I, have, have? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I have eight. But for me, it's not about holding myself to do those things each day. It's more so about seeing, okay, is there a correlation between how much I naturally incorporate these things into my day and how I feel? So the habits that I track or that I like to incorporate as much as possible are movement. So that could be walking, that could be a workout class. Lately, the workouts that I've been really loving are walks, hikes, yoga, and Pilates. Those have just been kind of my main movement. Journaling. So have I gotten thoughts out of my head onto paper, reading, meditation. I have water. So how hydrated am I? I have connections. So did I make time and space to connect with someone I love that day? Mm-hmm. Spatial. So have I done something to tend to or tidy my space? Because I noticed that I feel a lot better when my space is put together and then I have fresh air. Just did I go outside or open a window and get some fresh air at some point? So those are like oh, yeah, my main yeah. Yeah. My favorite one on the list is definitely reaching out to someone that you love because it's yeah. so easy as we get busy not to do that. I love yep. that one. That's and been my biggest window. priority. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> opening a window. That's yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the little things, but they really do make a difference. Like a cluttered space. I can't, I'm not productive at all. So I love that one too. Yes. Yes. Those are like my biggest priorities. How's Pilates? It's so funny because every time I see people talk about it, I feel like it's such a, a harder workout than it looks. Is that true? It is. You know, I started doing Pilates back when I was in high school. I used to do the like Pilates VHS tapes back then. And I'm like, man, it's a lot harder now than it was, you know, when I was young, (laughs) when I was younger. But I actually do really, really love it. It is it is more challenging than it looks, but it's really 
brought me a sense of just spatial and body awareness that I feel like other forms of movement don't do. You're really able to learn how to check in with and listen to your body. And it almost feels like physical therapy in a way. You just get so much stronger. Your posture improves. You just really understand your body and how you move. So I I love it. Mm. How does your meditation practice look? Is it in a calming space? You walk and meditate? Like, what does that look like for you? Yes, I love both. I love a walking meditation where I either walk without music, without podcasts, without headphones, and just just let my mind wander is an amazing one. And then I, I also love guided meditation. I'm always trying all of the different apps. I've tried them all. My current favorite is Open. If you've ever heard of that, that meditation no. app, I'm really, really loving that app. There's just some amazing guided meditations there. They also have several instructors on that app who are people of color, which I really appreciate. And so I've been really loving their guided meditations in the morning. And I have a little cushion, a little corner of my room where I have my salt lamp and my journal and a plant and my meditation cushion. So that's usually where I meditate. Yeah, I love that. I want to talk about food too. Like how are you for, for first of all, You've been eating papayas, I feel like, <laughs> every day, okay? Every time I'm on your story, that's what I see. And I'm not even on your story every day, so I know you're eating a lot. <laughs> so, so that's one of your go-tos right now. But what are some things that you notice are always a part of your go-to meals? Like, what yeah. do you find to nourish yourself? I love eating seasonally. So I definitely have been eating a lot more papayas and just fruit in general with it being close to summer. It's it's already pretty warm here in Southern California. And so just having like a refreshing breakfast with, with fresh fruit, I have been... I like can't get enough of these days. Although, you know, in January, I'm like, absolutely not. I want soup. I want Mm -hmm. (laughs) warm. So I really love eating seasonally. I also really like eating to support my menstrual cycle. I have been on a hormone health and cycle syncing journey for a while now where I've really taken the time to understand my body better, understand the different phases of my cycle better. So I do tend to also kind of change how I eat depending on where I'm at in my cycle. Interesting. So what does that look like? Give me an example. Yeah. Depending on how, well, I guess I can take a step back just in case listeners aren't as familiar with the different stages of the menstrual cycle. So we have our follicular phase, which is like the body's spring, which happens pretty much as soon as you stop bleeding. That's when the body starts to prepare another egg for ovulation. You then have the ovulation phase, you know, where the egg is released. This is when pregnancy can occur. So that's when we reach kind of our peak energy levels. If an egg is not fertilized, we move into our luteal phase. That's where the body prepares for menstruation. So that's where our hormone levels kind of dip a bit. We become more tired. We may experience PMS. And then we have the menstrual phase, which, you know, anybody who has a menstrual cycle knows what that phase is. Mm -hmm. And so during those different phases, our hormone levels are very different and what our body needs are very different. So an example could be during the luteal phase, that's often the, that's usually the longest phase for a lot of people that usually tends to be around maybe 10 to 14 days, depending on the length of your cycle. That's when your hormones change a lot. And that's when your body starts to have a lot more nutritional needs. So that's when we notice our estrogen levels dip. That's when we start to get more tired. Actually, during that time, our metabolism starts to speed up quite a bit. So we may Mm. get more hungry. So during that time, I'm eating more. I'm eating more carbs. I'm eating more B vitamins to really help give myself some energy. If I am in the menstrual phase and I am bleeding, that's where I may be focused on getting a bit more iron to help kind of replace some of that iron I'm losing 
oozing from the bleed and a bit more zinc and some minerals to really replenish my body, lots of soups that are really cozy. And then once we kind of start all over again and get into our follicular phase, that's where we can start incorporating more of that like fruit that we love and those those fresh things because that's when our body is really in spring. So I wouldn't say that I'm super like hard and fast to it, but it is something that I like to think about as I'm kind of planning my meals each week. Yeah. I like the awareness is there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. To get what you need. So mm-hmm. before we wrap up, I want to know, did you have any final thoughts or anything that you're looking forward to? Anything that you want to share about Balanced Black Girl and just anything else that you want to share? Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now Balanced Black Girl is in such a space of pivot. I'm, I'm in a season of pivot. And that's a big part of why I'm also taking the podcast summer vacation to focus less on producing and to relax, to travel, to have fun, to get creative and to let myself kind of dream up what's next. But I'm also really excited for some future offerings that I'm, I'm planning to share with my community, offerings to support people's journaling habits, offerings to support the idea of the different habits that we create and modify, things to help people get organized. So sharing some of my my ridiculous like Notion dashboards that I've been <laughs> creating and using to run my life, as well as resources to help other and aspiring podcasters. So those are some of the things that I'm, I'm planning to release later this year just to, right. to help others in their journeys based off of what I've learned. So I'm really excited to start putting more of that out into the world as well. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. That's amazing. Thank Tell you. us how we can absolutely. Tell us how we can follow you on social media, listen to the podcast or send us wherever you want to send us. Yes. So Balanced Black Girl, new episodes come out each Tuesday. So wherever you are listening to Brown Vegan, you can also listen to Balanced Black Girl. You can add it to your your lineup there. You can find me on Instagram. My account is at Balanced Less. I'm also on TikTok at Balanced Less. Uh, And then on Instagram, if you want to follow the podcast, we're at Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Yes, it was such a pleasure to get to know you. Thank you so much for being on the show and I hope we can chat soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week.